welcome to Live Vedanta, a podcast where we explore simple living and high thinking. Each week, we join Vivek Gupta as he offers insights on bringing the divine into the daily. Vivekji has experienced much of what the world has to offer, whether it is attending an elite business school or traveling to almost 50 countries. However, tired with the inconsistent and incomplete peace associated with these pursuits, he decided to turn his journey within. Over the last decade, Vivekji has shared his observations on the signs of independent joy with communities across North America and beyond. Love, what is it? Does it just happen? Who should we love the most? These are questions that we have asked ourselves frequently. This episode begins our third season and our new series, Embracing Love, wherein Vivekji starts us on a journey to expand our understanding of love and how it will lead us to be independently joyous. Let's get started. Happy to see all of you. Ramayana is a large text, obviously in quality, in quantity too. And near the end of Ramayana, one of the final messages shared by Valmiki Ji, by Tulsidas Ji, where there is satsanga, there is kata. Where there's community, there's kata you can share as a story, as a narration. Where there's kata, there is no moha. There's no confusion. There's no dependence. So satsanga leads to kata, and kata leads to the opposite of moha, the opposite of Confusion would be clarity, conviction, confidence. Opening kata some more. Because we hear kata and we think of stories, long stories that we can't relate to. The word kata is made up of the compounds. Kat yate, prakash yate, yatha. Katyate, prakashyate, yata. A kata is that which helps one feel prakasha. What does prakasha mean? It means light. How do you feel light inside of you? Your heartbeat, your pulse. Light is understanding. Ramayana, Mahabharata, our katas are to encourage our understanding. Sharing this more simply, knowledge is a catalyst to vision. Knowledge is a catalyst to vision. And our Chinmaya Setukari Satsanga, <coughs> our Chinmaya Setukari spiritual semesters, we're invoking this knowledge, this Chinmaya, so that we have a vision and understanding towards our responsibilities. 
as setukaris, as those who are middle-aged. Are we described as middle-aged? <laughs> all, of, all of you, some of you are happy I described you as that some of you are offended. <laughs> Whatever. We have that responsibility of those who are advanced in age, those who are beginning in age, and with vision that comes from knowledge. We're just happier, just happier. And I'll share this in another visualization. After Bhagavan Rama <coughs> had completed building the bridge from Bharat to Lanka, there's an inner dialogue between him and Hanumanji. And the observation is that Hanuman, sorry, Bhagavan Rama's bridge is greater than Hanumanji's flight. Bhagavan Rama's bridge is greater than Hanumanji's flight. Hanumanji flew to Langa and came back, right? And he did it alone. No one else could follow him there or back. But Bhagavan Rama built a bridge in which millions and billions and trillions of beings of all backgrounds could cross. That's why Bhagavan Rama's bridge is also known as a Dharma Setu. It is a bridge of Dharma. It is a bridge for responsibilities. That's what this community is about. Lots of visualizations too. Be in tune with that. In our first semester, we took up the text, Peace in a Restless World. Peace in a Restless World. And this is such a lovely title because we all know that our nature is peace, but still we feel restless. So this text aspired to quell that hypocrisy that I'm supposed to be independently joyous, but I'm still pleasure-seeking. And the main message of this text, we often hear about Satya Yuga, also known as Krita Yuga, a golden age. And when this is heard, there's an external description of how healthy people are, how rich people are, when in actuality, this golden period is not determined externally, but internally, when sattva, that is calmness, is the primary quality of you, then rajas and tamas, aggression and laziness, then there is no restlessness. There's no restlessness inside, so there's no restlessness outside. And the opposite of this, in Kali Yuga, and there's lots of descriptions in Ramayana and Bhagavatam of Kali Yuga. Today in our Bhagavatam class, we heard a hilarious description of, of this period of selfishness. In Kali Yuga, Shalako Buddhi Dayaka, which means advice, guidance is not given by Santas, but by Shalaka, or in Hindi as Sala, <laughs> which means brother-in-law, correct? <laughs> when we need advice in our lives, we don't go to knowledgeable people, we go to our brothers-in-law. Please guide me on the meaning of, <laughs> of life. <laughs> 
And you know why? Because if you go to a santa, they're going to say, hey, you're doing this wrong. You're being selfish. <laughs> the sala will say, let's do this together. <laughs> Kali is not outside. Kali is when tamas is the dominant description of us, that laziness, hating our alarm clocks, procrastinating, saying that we'll exercise in the summer, <laughs> and on and on and on. Then Rajasend and Sattva. So that was the main message of peace in a restless world. And now in this semester, we're going to take up embracing love. The first part of this text is love is dot 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 for us to define love. The first article is entitled Love is Joy by Paramahamsa Yogananda. How many of you have read a text by Paramahamsa Yogananda before? Okay. When I make my notes for these satsangs, for each article, I have one line of notes. When I had read and studied this, this article, I had a page of notes. And to share in a short period what this article contains is, is, a, is a disservice to you. It's a, a frustration to me. I don't even know why I'm doing this right now. <laughs> what Paramahansa Yogananda shares, he says that love leads to joy. Shared differently, virtues lead to joy. And every one of us already knows this. When you're patient, are you happier or less happy? When you're disciplined, you're happier or less happy? When you're forgiving, you're happier or less happy? So love, virtues lead to joy. How we find love. How we find these virtues is different for each being in each stage. If you're someone who's 25 versus someone who's 40 versus someone who's 50, <coughs> you're at a different stage. How you find that love is different. And Paramahansa Yogananda shares that a father, his love is more logical is more objective. A mother, her love is more emotional, more subjective. I thought a lot about this statement and I think I agree, but I don't know fully if I agree with this. I've been reflecting on this a lot. You also please reflect on this. Think about if you are a parent or your parents, that logical love versus that emotional love. The author is guiding us in this article that the love we have to express is a love for our creator, a love for Bhagavan. And he gives such a logical, emotional reason for this. Because Bhagavan, our creator, our original parent, knows the struggles we're going through. Knows the struggles we're going through. The struggles of hypocrisy, the st struggles of being busy, the struggles of not knowing purpose. One of the qualities of our creator is compassion or empathy. 
Sympathy is when I intellectually try to understand what you're going through. Empathy is when <coughs> I know what you're going through because I feel that close to you or I myself have gone through that. We use these words too casually. Sympathy is one dimension. Empathy is a different dimension. No one, no presence is more empathetic than Bhagavan. And so it's easier to offer our love to one who can empathize. So to love Bhagavan. By doing so, what will happen? We will start to appreciate that all of the people that we're looking at in our screen right now, the people we will sleep beside tonight, the people we'll meet on the bus tomorrow, are individual manifestations of that same creator, that same presence. So if you're thinking of the implication of this, the more I love Bhagavan, the more empathetic I become. The more empathetic I become, the happier I become. Because virtues lead to joy. Paramahansa Yogananda becomes quite specific in this article where he shares the most divine relationship, he calls it a divine friendship, is between a guru and a shishya. The shishya knows the guru's perfection and the guru's only wish for that shishya is perfection. And shared differently, the word for perfection would be joy or independent joy. Dependent joy is imperfection, correct? Independent joy is perfection. That's the only glue, that's the only tie between a guru and a shisha is that the shisha wants that independent joy and is going to someone who is and that guru knows that the shisha wants that independent joy and so is guiding them to that, they have a singular goal and that is to love Bhagavan. There is no other goal other than to love God. And so their relationship is totally open. Totally open. When you go to a retail store to buy milk, to buy shoes, you are going there with money in exchange for those shoes. There's no other agenda, correct? You're not trying to bargain in North America when you go to a retail store. You're not going there to tell them about your life or get to know their life. It's a very open relationship, correct? And now if we think about the relationship we have with our significant other, with our co-workers, our supervisor. Is it like that? Our co-teacher in Balavihar. <laughs> Is it like that? <laughs> when there's a lack of openness, that divinity fades away. When that openness is there, that divinity is more present. So tactile in sharing that openness the more open a relationship, the more divine, the more real this is. In this 
article about this section on divine friendship, Paramahansa Yogananda talks about his relationship with Sri Yukteswar. And I hope you have the text to read this section. It is really, really, really inspiring and moving how he feels that unconditional love. It's a, a phrase we keep throwing around. He recognizes it. He describes it. I have experienced the same. I've shared this with you in, in different settings. That's the feeling of that divinity. That's God in your, in your hands, not just in your heart. So all of this is shared in love is joy. The next article is called Love, the Greatest Force. Love, the Greatest Force by Swami Chinmayananda, by Gurudev. And Gurudev begins by saying, we feel that we don't need to understand love. Everything else we need to understand, correct? How a stove works, what the weather is going to be like tomorrow, where my investment fees go. We want to understand all of that. But when it comes to love, we just feel like we don't need to understand that. It's just there. And if I don't understand love, <coughs> then I can't grow love. I can't cultivate love. If you don't understand the nature of a seed of a plant, then you can't grow it well. You'll just infer, put it in soil, put it in water. But some seeds need more water. Some seeds need less water, right? So his first point is, love is an ability. And I don't think I've read that statement before. Love is a ability. Abilities can be understood. Abilities can be cultivated. So now a layer Another message to love is an ability. What is the difference between ability and capability? What is the difference between ability and capability? This is hot water, not coffee. Capability is how much of your ability you have. Okay, current and future, okay. You're thinking too much like an engineer. It is your captured ability. That's C-A-P, if you can think of it as your captured ability. We all have an ability, but how much of that is manifesting? How much of that is being invoked? That's capability. So Gurudev is sharing here, we have an ability. Growing, that ability becomes capability. That love is like that. He shares that the direction of our love is the factor that will release our potential. Will release our potential. And he specifically says, when we love the lower, what is that called? What is a Sanskrit word? Now we'll see who read and who didn't. What's the Sanskrit word to, yes, sneha. And when you love the higher, it's called? Prema. When I love the lower, 
whatever ability I have stays, but I don't grow that ability. When I love the higher, whatever ability I have is manifested, but I'm also growing that. I'll give you a visualization. When Hanumanji is first introduced in Ramayana, who does he love? Who does he love when he's first introduced? Sugriva, correct? And so Hanumanji's potential is that he's strong and he can run fast. Lots of other people are strong and run fast too. But once he comes to know who Bhagavan Rama is, these are not just ordinary princes. It shifts from sneha to prema. What happens to Hanumanji? Now you can never separate Hanumanji from Bhagavan Rama, correct? Direction is the catalyst about releasing our ability, our capability. Swami Chinmayananda gives another framework. One of the questions asked to him is, what is the difference between lust and love? Lust and love. A very relevant question for those who are middle-aged. <laughs> love is togetherness. Lust is separation. Togetherness, separation. Love is expansion. Lust is Shrinking. Try to put yourself in this circumstance. Try to remember a time when you were lusty towards someone else. Your lust for them, did it make you a better or worse person? Were you a master of that lust or were you a slave to that lust? Ravana. Many of us have just come back from Sri Lanka. In Sri Lanka, Ravana is respected in all ways other than the one vice that he has, which is lust. That lust was about separation. He separated Mother Sita from Bhagavan Rama. It was about shrinking. Valmikiji describes Ravana that he's like a scared dog when he goes and kidnaps Mother Sita. Now, if you think of Bhagavan Rama, he never lusted for Mother Sita. He loved her, which is why he said, you be here in Ayodhya, let me deal with these hardships. When he came into Lanka, he came with confidence. Very different than, than Ravana. His is a prema, not a sneha. The author shares, again, coming back to loving God. Each of these articles shares that. We should give all that we have, all that we are, to our Creator. Because nobody understands us like our Creator. The more someone understands you, the more you tell them about yourself, isn't it? If someone doesn't understand you as well, you're, you're hesitant to tell them about your background, your weaknesses. But when someone understands you well, you give more and more of yourself to them. Think about it financially. If you are questioning a certain charity, 
then you give a $10, $20 donation. But if you know that there's no administrative fee, that the, you see where the money is going, you ch add zeros to that number, yes? That understanding leads to that giving. We should give all of who we are to God, starting with our weaknesses. Starting with all of our weaknesses. Okay, question for all of you. You have a plate of food of which there's some things that you like to eat and there's some things that you don't like to eat. How many of you eat the food that you like first by a show of hands? You eat the food that you like first. How many of you eat the food that you dislike first? I also eat the food that I dislike first. That way, my plate becomes more beautiful. Correct? All of the spicy dishes are left. left. All the creamy dishes are left. All of that raw salad is finished, you know? Just close your eyes. Om Namah Shivaya and just swallow. <laughs> it's raw. Somehow it'll get digested. <laughs> Here, what Gurudev says, when we offer all of our vices the impatience, the judgment, the frustration, being overwhelmed, etc. We feel more confident then because the beauty, the strengths still remain. So practical. And the final part of this article, <coughs> the upadesha, the advice, the moral injunction, that's the word used in the article, for humanity, for us, is love thyself. Love thyself. Loving thyself is the same as knowing thyself. If you want to be happy for one lifetime, what is the best way to be happy for one lifetime? Help others. If you want to be happy for all lifetimes, what is the only way to be happy? for all lifetimes, to know thyself. How? To love thyself. If you love your potential, you'll release your potential. If you don't love your potential, we will be living a life of lust and sneha, thinking that this is a life of love and prema, that hypocrisy, that kali. The third article, in brief, this, was in, this is entitled, Love is Understanding. So looking at me and not your text or notes, what was the title of the first article? Love is joy. The second one, love is the greatest force. The third one, love is you're just, all you're just looking down right now, like you're texting and driving. <laughs> That's our, our Setukari classes, are we? <laughs> are like that. Remember, part one is love is. We're trying to define love. So now we know it's joy, it's a force, it's understanding. By Fitch Not Han. I Wikipedia'd this and put the audio on again and again and again to try to <laughs> learn how to pronounce this correctly. I think I did an all right job. He shares, 
What is the utility of togetherness? You tell me. Share in the chat room. What is the benefit of oneness? What is the utility, the benefit? Good. Fearlessness, positivity, empathy, connection, peace, higher energy, totally. We all know there is immense, there is intense utility to togetherness. Once we start to develop the virtues that you just listed, not comparing, selflessness, joy, once we start to develop them, we start to be attracted to the same in our day-to-day -day affairs. If you become a more patient person, when you're at your workplace, are you not drawn to someone who's more patient? The more disciplined you are, the more you have an appreciation for those who are disciplined, isn't it? You start to be attracted to that and you start to attract that into your life then. The more negative I am, the more negative people come around me. So the author is encouraging us to be aware of the utility of togetherness. And then he just jumps. You know how some pools don't have like a, a transition between a shallow end and a deep end? There's just two feet, 20 feet. Some beaches are like that too. Here, the author shares that love is its own reward. That is a most profound thought. Love is its own reward. All of the people who are married, those who have kids, when your significant other, when your spouse, does not engage in the same amount of responsibilities in your home as you do, how is that day with them? How is that evening in the kitchen with them? Is there a lot of conversation, outer conversation that's happening? I know there's a lot of inner conversation that's happening. I don't know about outer conversation. And if outer conversation happens, it's a debate that isn't very passive aggressive. Why can't we love for the sake of love? Why does there have to be reciprocity? Why does there have to be recognition, appreciation? It's too deep, no? This, this is heavy Advaita. We think this is the Buddhist author, this is a Mananam series book, but this is heavy Vedanta. Oneness for the sake of oneness. And here the author, like the other authors, share, you have to love God. God is the means to this oneness. The more you know God, the more real God becomes, the more natural it is to love God. The knowledge helps with reality. When an entity is real, it becomes easier to love that entity. A fiction book that you've read, do you love a character in a fiction book? <laughs> How many of you have seen the movie Inside Out? 
What's the fictional character's name in Inside Out? I think his name is Bing Bong. Yeah, Bing Bong. For Riley, Bing Bong is a reality, no? So she loves Bing Bong. Nobody else thinks Bing Bong is real, so they don't love Bing Bong. For Riley's parents, Riley is real. So Riley's parents love Riley. They don't love Bing Bong. If we don't love Bhagavan, the major reason for that is because God is not, is not real. That knowledge, that Chinmaya is not there. Shows the importance of this community, of this semester. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. Until next time, inspire, love, be.